father. What thoughts does this word bring to your mind? For many of us, as it should, this word brings the warmest feelings of affection, of comfort and security. For some, these feelings are also accompanied with the pangs of loss. Others, perhaps, it may bring different feelings. Feelings of fear, regret, or disappointment. Even perhaps bitterness. At the thought of an earthly father who might have been, but was not all that he could have or should have been. You know, in so many ways, for for good or for bad, our picture of God is shaped by our own experience with our earthly parents, and particularly our own experience with our earthly father. After all, we can't see God with our own eyes. And from our very earliest childhood, our first impressions of God are molded and shaped by the care we receive from our own parents. Those closest to us, those that God has placed in our lives to shape and mold our hearts, and ultimately with the responsibility to turn our hearts to Him. You know, so many times in Jesus' teaching, He compared the character of God to that of a loving earthly father. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Sermon on the Mount, found in Matthew chapter 6. We won't read the whole three chapters, 5, 6, and 7 here. I won't even read the whole of Matthew 6, but I wanted to turn to Matthew 6. And and starting in verse 6, Jesus is talking to his disciples about teaching them how to pray, how to speak to our Heavenly Father. Matthew 6 and verse 6, But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to an aloof God far off in heaven in the hopes that he might hear you. Did I read that right? Uh Uh-uh. Pray to whom? A stone sitting in a corner? A spirit? Pray to your Father. who is in secret, in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. How many of us, if we think back to the days of our childhood, or we think back to our own children, raising our children or grandchildren, how many times as a child have to ask their father for something? I mean, I know there's, there's a thing called begging, right? <laughs> please, daddy, please, please. But, but no, I'm seriously. Do you, do you have to ask and ask and ask and ask and ask? Or does the father already know what is in the deepest, deepest pangs of our heart? What is our deepest longing and desire? Don't use vain repetitions. Therefore do not be like them, verse 8. For your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. And then Jesus goes on 
to teach his disciples to pray. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven. Our Father. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Son of God. We say that, we say it so many times, we almost, we almost forget what it means. Jesus was the divine Son of God. So he had every right to pray, my Father in heaven, didn't he? My Father, he has a special relationship with God. And, and if you read the first chapter of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And you read John 3.16, and God, for God so loved the world, but, but in this case, Jesus doesn't say, my Father in heaven. He says, our Father in heaven. We have a saying, and some, some friends of mine at work were talking about it this week. If I say I or me, that's me. But if I say we, that's me and somebody else, somebody around me. Who was Jesus with? Was he with other special people? He was with his disciples. He was with the multitude here speaking to the multitude on the mountain here. And he says, Our Father, your Father and my Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus speaks to his Father as you or I might just speak to our own dad. Dad, I'm so proud of what you're doing. I want you to keep on doing that. And I want to help you. And you know I need food to eat, but I don't even have to tell you. And please forgive me for when I've wronged you. Just as I'm willing to forgive others. And don't put me in a hard time. Don't lead me into temptation. Because I know you can do everything. And I know you're so big and strong and powerful, you can do anything. And you want to do anything for me. Jesus speaks to the God of heaven. The king of the universe as one who intimately cares for him and for everyone in his audience, for you and for me. Looking back over my own childhood, I have so many fond memories of my father. You know, the first thing I remember always when I was growing up, my dad was our provider. Every day, five days a week, Dad would put on his work clothes, kiss us all goodbye, and go off to work. He was a teacher. Since I was born, from the day I was born until the day that my youngest brother graduated from homeschool high school, my mom never worked outside the home. My dad was the sole provider for our financial, financially for our family. And come rain or shine, Dad went to work. But he still had time for us, for my mom, for my brothers and me. We lived on a teacher's salary, didn't have a lot of extras, 
when we always had money for food, we always had a roof over our heads. I remember when the family car, my, my family only had one car when I was young, the car that my dad drove to work. But when that car started smoking and rattling, and we didn't have money for our new car. So dad put that car up on ramps in the driveway. And he and I, I was five years old, he and I got down underneath that car and rebuilt the engine on that car. Looking back, I can only imagine how much I must have got in the way <laughs> at five years old. But he, every, every piece that he took off, as he took it off, he would give it to me, and I had a little pan full of paint thinner. I would use a brush, and I would, I would clean all the grease off of those parts and set them all out, organize them, set them all out to dry. And he would explain to me every part of that engine. And to this day, the only reason I know anything about engines or mechanics is because of that experience overhauling that car with my dad when I was five years old. Dad never lost his patience with me, although I'm sure I tried his patience uh, many, many times in that project. I still remember when we had the whole thing put back together. He put oil back in the engine, he sprayed a little gas down on a carburetor, and he cranked it up, and that engine roared to life. I was so proud because that was our project. And we drove that car for many, many more years after that. Friends, does our Heavenly Father provide for our needs? You're there in Matthew uh, chapter 6. Look down at verse 26. Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Not only was my father a provider for our family, but he was our protector. Dad would do anything for us. I remember one time when my brother and I were playing with the neighbor kids, and things started to get a little bit strange, and we didn't know what was going on, and we, pretty soon we realized that these neighbor kids, even though they were our friends, they were up to no good, and my brother and I beat it out of there, and we headed back, to, back home, and where did we go? Straight to Dad. And we told Dad what was going on. We didn't know what was going on, but we told him everything that we knew. And uh, I don't know what he did, but I do know that he took off and he went down and walked down the street to talk to the dad of those neighbor kids. And for the next month, we we didn't see those neighbor kids. And the word on the street was they got grounded. (laughs) Dad stood up for us. Dad didn't like conflict. He never wanted to get in a fight. But if someone was coming after his kids or something was threatening his kids, he knew when to say something. He knew when to put up a fight. In Exodus chapter 14, and four, verse 14, The Lord, our Father in heaven, the Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Is our Heavenly Father our protector? I want to ask you, friends, do you have a loving earthly father? If so, praise God. He has been put in your life to teach you, by example, the love of our Heavenly Father. Perhaps you, like me, have lost your father to death. Don't go on living life as an orphan, but receive the adoption that He has given us into the Heavenly Family.
perhaps some, for some of us, our Heavenly Father has been less than a father. Have, have you grown up with regrets? Wishing that your father were more there in your life. Wishing that your father were different. Friends, don't despair. Let your Heavenly Father embrace you in his arms and be to you the father that you never had. Psalms chapter 103. I don't want you to turn there with me. Psalms chapter 103 and verse 13. It's one of my very favorite verses. Like as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. And Romans chapter 8, which was our scripture reading. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. My father was our provider. He was our protector. But even more than that, I realized at a very young age that my dad was also my friend. When When I turned seven years old, my family had just moved from Louisiana to Washington State. I still remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, The house that we were supposed to move into at the academy, uh, at Upper Columbia Academy in Washington State, wasn't ready yet. And so my family was living in one wing of the girls' dormitory. We had like almost the whole wing on one floor blocked off, and we had several dorm rooms that we kind of used. And and, uh, my brothers and I would sit out in the hallway and play. And so it was my birthday. And as my family always, my parents always did for my birthday and my brother's birthday. I got a birthday present. And as I tore off the wrapping paper on that birthday present, oh, it was what I always wanted. It was a Lego set. And so I unwrapped that Lego set and I took it out. And, and it was a little bit later after all the cake and everything was done. And I took that out into the hallway and I opened it up. And I wasn't by myself. My dad came out of the dorm room and he sat down right next to me in the hallway. Sat down there. And he and I together started putting the Lego set together. Now, this, of course, wasn't the first time that my dad had done something with me. But as I, I was putting that together and I was noticing the expression on his face and, and the enthusiasm that he put into putting these Legos together with me. And I, I looked at him and he said, Dad, like, you're like too old for Legos, aren't you? <laughs> He's like... No, I'm not too old for Legos. I enjoy them just as much as you do. And it was that that moment in my life that I realized that Dad wasn't just doing this for me, but he was my friend. 
And I was his friend. And we were just like two kids doing something together, playing with the Legos together. You know, so often we have this picture of God, the Father. God the Father as a distant Father, perhaps aloof, and he does things for us because of his love for us. Yes, he loves us in principle, but is, can God also be our friend? I want to submit to you today, friends, that our loving Heavenly Father, though he is the King of the universe, though he is our creator, though he is so much bigger and more powerful and more wise and all-knowing than any of us, he wants nothing else but to be your friend. Turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 15. John, chapter 15, and verse 14. Jesus says to his disciples, You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And going back to verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And then he says these words that are so pregnant with meaning. Greater love has no one than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And friends, this is the message that I want us to close with today. That God, the King of the universe, is not only our Father, not only our friend, but a friend so close that he's willing to lay down his life for you and for me. Not only is he willing to, but he did. In the person of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And friends, as we go into this communion service, as we celebrate together the symbol of the broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ, let us remember that he is our friend, that God our Father loves us more closely than any earthly father, ever could, so much that he spared not his only son, 